What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. I hope that y'all are having a great start to your week. I'm so excited that we get to do the end of the year podcast together, me and my boo. Here we are, doing it together. Here we are. My baby said we can't record this early. He feels like his face is a little swollen It is swollen. If you're watching this, it's not my best if look. If you're watching this, hop on over to the podcast app and just listen. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Stay on YouTube. What's That's up, guys? That's not you're the one that said it. But you just intentionally said get off of YouTube and listen because I look bad. No, I was trying to help you. <laughs> I don't think you look bad. I think you look cute. Uh, no, I look like a chipmunk. No, you don't. I do. Every part of my face is swollen. Anyways, and you kind of have a morning voice too. Well, I can get out of that. I can't get out of my face swollen unless you have some like aloe. Yeah, don't got that. Don't got that. Wow. We are so professional. <laughs> don't got that. Don't got that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyways, we should get on with this podcast. But this is our end of the year podcast. And last year, we were able to share some of the stats of the year and just celebrate it with you guys because I think celebration is so important and it requires a stopping, a stop and giving praise and honor where praise and honor is due. And we just want to say thank you and honor you guys for investing investing uh, time into learning and growing through this podcast because part of the reason that I started this podcast was so I can learn and grow by inviting such incredible people on the podcast to learn from their best piece of advice. And so the fact that y'all tune in each week and listen to advice and just soak on that just is really encouraging to me because I am so encouraged by getting to do this podcast and I'm so thankful I'm not the only one and um, you guys continue to blow us away. So just this year, um, the podcast was heard in over 226 countries and territories, which literally blows my mind. So shout out to all of you listening all around the world. Um, Just especially want to thank you uh, for tuning in. I hope we can meet one day. Uh, I always say I don't think of people who listen to my podcast as fans. I think of you as friends. And I would love to meet you and hug you and say thank you for listening. And it's probably one of my best, my favorite compliments. And you know this when I'm like, out and about when someone comes up to me and they say that they listen to my podcast, you know, um, instead of just saying, I want to sell for your, are you the girl from this or that? When people say like, I listen to your podcast. I love this episode. This episode is what led me to dot, dot, dot. It's just like the greatest thing ever. And so Mm -hmm. thank you to everyone who listens. Whenever I get to travel and meet some of you, it just really encourages my heart and it's awesome. Um, Also, this is just so crazy. Just this year alone, there were 16,548,829 downloads, which is literally nuts. That's also a 50% increase from last year. And so y'all, like I said, you just absolutely blow me away that this many people are just a part of the Whoa That's Good Sisters and Friends family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't be more grateful for doing this alongside of y'all. None of this obviously would be um, what it is today if it wasn't for all of you tuning in and listening. And so big shout out to you. Thank you. Um, Now it's going to be so fun. We get to recap this year. Uh, I think also it's so important, one, to stop and celebrate things. And I think, two, it's really important to stop and remember things. Um, We talk about this all the time, how the Israelites back in the Old Testament, they just kept forgetting what God was doing. And it was so crazy because you're like, how can you forget? Like, these are monumental moments. This is like the Red Sea parting. This is like manna falling from the sky. This is a fire by uh, fire by night and a cloud by day. Almost. Is that, does it right? 
this is like big moments. How do you forget, right? But they would just forget. They'd turn away. And so, you know, we want you guys, including us, to remember the things that God has done through this podcast this year and remember some of the things that people spoke over us. And so on Wednesday's podcast, well, that's good. We always ask the question, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? And so we've gone through and we have highlighted a lot of just great pieces of advice that have been given this year. And we're going to read through some of them and just remind us all of what was spoken over us this year and dive in a little deeper to some of those things and reflect on what they've meant to us. So I think that you guys are going to be encouraged all over again by some of the awesome things we've heard. And I couldn't think of a better person to kickstart this off with than the advice that we got from Christian Huff on the podcast. When yeah. I asked my baby, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? But it was a fitness take. It was not, this is not the best advice I've ever gotten. Well, it was a good, well, you've been on the podcast so many times, you know. Yeah, I know. It's not like the best piece ever, uh-huh. but. It, but I was saying, you said the best advice. This is the best fitness advice I got. That's okay. That's okay. I know. I was just providing context for those who are new listening. So he said, train for performance, not for aesthetics. And that is a good word going into the new year. That is a good word going into the new year. Yeah, so that advice for me, especially heading into the new year, is so critical. Because I think we always like to set, you know, New Year's resolutions and uh, goals and routines that we want to try to keep. And a lot of us keep them. And then a lot of us uh, can kind of fail to be consistent with that. And so that advice for me... um, you know, really spoke to me just on the idea of trying to set a goal and trying to achieve it um, rather than starting the new year off with, you know, I want to get a six pack or I want to look better. Uh, if you start it kind of with the mindset of I want to try to reach this goal, typically as you train for the goal, uh, the aesthetics of your physique or whatever you're hoping for kind of will follow uh, good. after that. So trying to, That's yeah, good. kind of just reverse engineering it, reverse engineering that idea of, uh, I'm going to train for this, and then hopefully that will fall. Because I think, like, if you're just training for aesthetics, it can get discouraging, but and you can be like, oh, like, forget this, whatever, this is not happening for me. But if you're training for a goal, like, there's always the encouragement and the hope of, like, I'm getting closer day by day, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, well, and aesthetics with social media, like, you know, you don't know what people are, like, yeah. on stuff or what's filtered, what's edited, and I think uh, it can just create this narrative um, that's just not actually true. So yeah, training training to achieve a goal. That was great advice. All right, moving on to Brooke Lidgertwood, who I love, and we had such a good podcast, and she said, this was so good. She said, if you don't concern yourself with trying to be original and you just try to tell the truth, then nine times out of 10, you'll be original without even trying to be. And I thought that was so good because it was around the advice for music, like creating music. It's like so many of us, it's like, oh, I want to create something that's never been created before and all this stuff. And sometimes when you do that, it can be really hard to actually just create something like that. But if you just focus on like, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm just going to do what's true to me. I'm just going to do whatever naturally is coming out of me. It will be original because you are original, you know? And I think so many times I heard Chris McClarney say one time, he said, you know, I was in this writing room and I had all my pens and papers out and I was like, God, give me the sound of heaven. Give me the sound of heaven. And he was like trying so hard to hear the sound of heaven. And he wanted to you know, write the song that no one's ever heard because it's what heaven is singing. And he felt the Lord finally say to him, you are the sound of heaven. You know, like it's in you. I created you. And so whatever comes out of you that's glorifying me essentially is the sound of heaven. And so Chris was like, wow, it took so much pressure off of him looking like 
all around to try to like get this in him instead of just going, wait, it's already in me and what's in me, I'm gonna pour out to others. And it reminded me of that piece of advice that Brooke said and I just thought that was so good because it's so true. If I sit there and I try to think like, I gotta be so creative and I gotta do something no one's ever seen before, um, puts this crazy pressure. But if I'm like, you know what? No one's ever seen what God's put inside of me. And so mm-hmm. tapping into what's in me and not what's out there is where you're gonna find, you know, the true originality. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, this next one's from Ben Stewart, who we have um, a long history with in our uh, yes. dating relationship. We would not be where we're at without Ben Stewart's solid book, Single Dating, Engaged, and, Married. And his wisdom. Ben, I love this quote from him. He said, however you conceive of the spiritual life, it's primarily a battle of the mind. I summarize, I summarize it as what you think about determines what you care about, and what you care about you will chase. Which is so true, you know. So good. In life, we... Um, have certain things we desire, have certain things that we uh, care about. And it's really just as simple as that. You know, whatever we care about, you will will end up chasing that. And our spiritual life really is so much, so much of the battle is in the mind. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, I can't remember how many thoughts you have in a day. And most of them are primarily negative, you know, statistically. And yeah, taking those thoughts captive can be something that's super difficult. And that's something that even, you know, we struggle with as well as, everyone else is how do you control your just crazy thoughts of the mind and um yeah and it really is at least for me it's it's such a battle of the mind in my spiritual life yeah it's so true um i've been hearing a i don't know if this is like a thing out there but i've been hearing this word and you know i heard a nike like exec one time she was giving this talk and this is out of out of context but she said you know if i see something once and i like it i note it if i see something twice and I like it, then I'm like, oh, you know, maybe we should think about doing it. If I see something a third time, I realize it is a trend and we better get on it. So maybe it's a color scheme or a word or something. And that's kind of how Nike always stays ahead of the game. And I thought about that. I think about that a lot. And, you know, I sometimes I think about that whenever I hear things that people say. And recently, I feel like I've heard a couple people just in passing talk about um, intrusive thoughts. And it's almost like when people talk about intrusive thoughts lately, it's like a it's like a buzzword. It's like become like a thing to be like, oh yeah, I have intrusive thoughts. And it's kind of like, oh, I'm a victim to my intrusive thoughts, you know? And I can't really help the fact that I have intrusive thoughts and everybody needs to cater towards the fact that I have intrusive thoughts. And I think that, you know, we really do as believers have to allow God to help us take our thoughts captive, you know? And I think what Ben's saying here is so true. It's like what you care about, um, what you think about is what you care about. What you care about, you're gonna chase. So like, if it's something that you have these intrusive thoughts and they're dark thoughts, you have these intrusive thoughts and they're lustful thoughts, you have these intrusive thoughts, like part of, part of the thing that will help you take your mind captive is to replace those intrusive thoughts with thoughts of the things that you care about, mm-hmm. with with scripture, with with the love of God, with um, you know your husband and his love for you, with your kids, with your friends, with something sweet. Like I remember when I was little, I, literally I was little when I did this. And it's so crazy because to me now, I'm like, man, I can learn from my childhood self so much. And I think we all can we just simplified things. I couldn't go to bed at night because I would get so scared. And I literally created this um, mental, it was like a mental like show. And it was like every night, like I would see, it was literally like so funny that I still remember this. I was probably what, six, seven. And I would see this rainbow 
and it was like rainbow and like sky and I would see like all my favorite people like walking by the rainbow and I would literally play this in my mind before I go to bed. I remember I would see like two mama and my mom and Joe Neal and my aunt and like our dog and blah 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 until I went to sleep because I was like okay if I'm gonna have to think about something good, I'm gonna have to replace it. And if a thought is intrusive, then I think you have to get just as dramatic with your intrusively good thoughts. You know, like I'm gonna yeah, create sure. like a visual that I'm gonna set my mind on. Um, like the word says, set your mind on things above. And so just wanna take a second there to talk about that because like I said, I think if you hear something so many times, it's worth stopping and doing something about it. And I keep hearing this intrusive thought thing and, and I've been victim, we've all been victim to of thoughts but you know it's not just sitting there and letting yourself get defeated it's saying okay how can i combat that so anyways just want to take the opportunity to talk about that since we're talking about thoughts um next was dr amen who i love and we are going to have on the podcast again next year i'm really looking forward to that because every time he's on i personally learn so much and He's just awesome, but this was such a good piece of advice. He said, happiness is a moral obligation. And I was like, that is so good. That is so good. Because, you know, I think so many times, like, we don't really think about that our happiness or sadness or our fear or anxiety, whatever it is, whatever emotion that we're bringing to the table affects the people around us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it is actually a great gift to give people happiness. It's a moral obligation to show up with happiness. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're sad and you're going through something, you have to show up and put on happiness. It's not like, you know, creating like a false happiness. If if you're walking through something, people want you to show up as you are with who you are. But I think in, in the everyday moments, you know, um, being joyful, being happy, putting a smile on your face, hugging someone, asking them how they're doing, laughing with someone, like that actually just makes the world a better place. And it's so worth, you know, giving to someone else. It's so kind when someone gives you the joy of their happiness. And so actually thinking about that and doing that in our own life is such a gift to other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, this next one's from David Platt, who we've gotten the pleasure to know the last year or so. And David's so funny because he's the most, like, he's so wise. Yeah, and he's just so everything, wise. Everything, even, even, you know, his best piece, best Very piece of advice. Very intentional with everything he says. He says, surrender, abide, and rest. If we do these things in our life, then we can rest. He will lead us and guide us. He will make it happen if we can do these things. And just the simplicity of that. But, um... Also, just, yeah, I mean, it's, I just, I mean, I just, I just love the quote. David doesn't try to impress you with his words. His words are just um, powerful because they are um, out of a place of so much wisdom, you mm-hmm. know? And I think it's a beautiful thing when you don't have to say something in such a way that it impresses you by the way it's said because it rhymes or it, or it's like sticks or it's like, oh, the way they said that made the room move, whatever. It's actually just his profound wisdom and rootedness mm-hmm. in the word and intentionality and <clears throat> love that he speaks in that is so in and of itself impressive. Um, but it, he's not going for impressiveness, so it's not even that, it's impactful. And I think that if we can learn to speak in a way that we're not trying to speak to impress, but we're trying to speak to really impact people, mm-hmm. um, it, it really changes the way, the pressure you put on yourself and how you speak. It gives you a freedom to just speak out of a place of love. And that place of love is really going to impact people's life. And I think the key to that is intentionality. And right here, it's just, it's simple. It's not impressive way to say it, but it's so impactful. 
surrender, abide, and rest. That's it. If you surrender your life, so true. If you abide in Christ, if you rest in that, then man, good things will happen mm-hmm. and he will lead us and guide us. And so I just, I love that. Yeah, I mean, those are all super difficult things for us to to actually do, you know? Yep. Like it's difficult for us to surrender. It's difficult to, I mean, abide. Like when you think about abide, it's actually like you're connected to, mm-hmm. you know, and continually abiding in that and then finding rest. I think we also live in a culture where we don't really know how to rest mm-hmm. and doing those things, those three things together and simultaneously, that is how you, how yep. you find rest, which is, which is really cool. So good. Next up, we got Bob Goff. Everybody loves Bob Goff. He um, is just awesome. And he said, instead of being distracted with what's going on around you, take a moment to figure out what's going on within you. And that is just great advice. Kind of reminds me of what I was talking about a little bit ago of just instead of searching around all around the world, what's going on here, what's going on there, what's going on there, and trying to get in touch with everything. It's like, no, what's going on in here? Because that's really what matters. That's really what's going to make the difference in my life. That's going to make the difference in the people around me. And sometimes we can get so distracted on what everybody else is doing, how everybody else's day is going, what everybody else's drama is, that we're really not uh, stewarding well what our life is. And so I love that advice. Next up was for King Country. And it said, if you can help people, then do it. We should be people looking to help instead of people looking to say no, which is so good. Um, there's so many accounts on Instagram now that are like giving accounts like Jimmy Darts is one that I follow. And he's such a fun one to follow where, you know, he'll go up to homeless people or someone in Walmart or someone um, on the street, just random, like random people. And he'll do something fun and offer them a chance to show kindness. And if they show kindness and he gives them a lot of money and it's always just like this really sweet, mm-hmm. this really sweet thing of seeing really people cool. just be kind and give. But that's really inspired me so much to help people in my own life. And so um, I told Christian something I've been doing that's been like so fun and just so awesome to see the joy on the other side is like, I'll go to check out my groceries or go to check out wherever I am. And I ask for cash back. And then when the person's like counting the cash, they're like, what do you want it in? Tens, whatever. And I just say, oh, whatever, you know, whatever's the best. And then she goes to give it to me. And then I say, oh, that's actually for you. And the holiday season has been fun because I'm like, that's for you. Merry Christmas. And it has been like the sweetest thing. I've done it probably four, four times. And mm-hmm. It's just been awesome because each time I've done it, um, the person has either cried or come around the counter and hugged me. They've just been so shocked. And one time, um, the cash back thing only offered like $20 of $20. I was like Walgreens. So I did it and I was like, um, and it was Thanksgiving day and it was a girl working on Thanksgiving. So I got the $20 back and I said, oh, that's for you. I said, I wish I could give you more, but I hope this blesses you. And she was just like so shocked and emotional. And so you don't have to do a lot, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to go above and beyond. If you don't have a hundred dollars to give, don't give a hundred dollars. If you have $20, you know, if you have, if you have $10, you have something that can help someone else, you'll be amazed at how far that kindness goes. And so instead of being people that look to say no, that say, no, well, I'm not going to do that because that's going to be awkward. Or no, I'm not going to do that because it's only this much money. Can it really help? Or no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, no, help them. Like just Mm -hmm. do it. You know, Um, what's the worst thing that can happen from you helping someone? Not a lot. And so I love that piece of advice. I mean, even apart from that, I think 
I think also too, we can just be so quick to lack compassion for people. So true. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, somebody pays for you at the drive-thru, the next person ends up paying for the next person. And it's like, kindness just multiplies. Kindness is so contagious. And so helping people goes such a long way, um, not just for them, but for you too in your heart. Um, you'll see, it's like when you do something like that, you realize that you're a child of God because when you do something, it fulfills something in your spirit saying, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, this is what I'm born to do. There is something in me that longs to do things like this. Mm -hmm. And that's my heritage, if you will. That that's, my, that's where I come from. And I think that's what it feels like to operate in who you are as a child of God. Super cool. Next one is from Louis Giglio, LG. And he said, before you start out doing anything, make sure you have everything you need operating at 100%. That's the most Louis. Love that. Louis quote advice. That is the most Louis thing. That I've ever heard. Louis is so efficient. He really is. And um, I think this is such good advice. And, you know, I, I highlighted ones that I wanted to say and I highlighted ones for Chris Christian to say. And I, I wanted to say that one because I think just like even with LO stuff that we've done, um, there's just such a um desire sometimes to rush the process you know there's such a desire to say oh i have this thought let's do it like right here right now tomorrow uh, my friends that work with me always laugh because you know they'll say okay city when do you want to do that and i say let me guess today and I'm like yes like i always want to do it right now today tomorrow like i get so excited about the ideas that we have but it is so important that before you you know just go for it and you just start it that you actually have everything lined up to be able to do so taking the um time to pre to prepare, to pre-plan things actually sets you up to do things in such a more efficient way. And mm -hmm. Christian and I have been realizing that with our house. I think this is kind of a message in and of itself. So people have been asking us, you know, y'all are building a house, y'all have a baby, y'all have one in the way, are y'all so stressed? And we keep saying, you know, it's amazing. We have not been stressed in the house building process. And I think that's because before we ever even laid the ground, we spent about a year. Over a year. Over a year. Uh, working on the plans of the house, sitting with interior designer, literally picking out everything, going through the details. We had a weekly meeting for like at least six months with our builder, with our interior designer, um, before we even broke ground. Like we had so much um, pre pre-planned and prepared that when we started building the house, the house it's it's building itself in a sense, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the builders are obviously doing it, the ones who, who are qualified to do that, but we are not having to do all that stuff because we did that over the span of a year before. Now, did it take a lot longer? Yeah, but it's been so much less stressful and it's been so much more efficient. And so our house is going up right now and we are able to do all the other things that we're doing because mm -hmm. we spent the year ahead of time. And it wasn't even stressful in that time because we gave ourselves time. And so I think giving yourself the gift of time and giving yourself the gift of just uh, slowing down posture to say, you know, I'm gonna slow down, I'm gonna do this right. Because if I do it the right way, it's actually gonna go up the best way. And we always talk about how so many times when we do things faster, it actually takes longer because you end up making more mistakes. But if you do things more efficiently and you take the time to do it, it actually normally will go faster because the stress levels aren't there. Uh, the, the room for mistake isn't there because you're not, you know, a lack of sleep or stress or whatnot. And so it's so important that you give yourself that time. But I love that. Make sure you have everything you need operating at 100% and then start it. I, yeah. I love that advice. 
I love that you gave me the one to do from one of your favorite people. <laughs> Francine Rivers. <clears throat> yeah. I know I gave you that because I thought I, I didn't give us each other's people based off the person that said it. I gave it based off the advice they gave. No, it's just funny. I just I just would have thought that honestly we would have flip-flopped. Her best piece of advice was from Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, which is written by Solomon. Uh, this is in the Old Testament. And this is the verse I'm sure many of you know. It says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. And... Um, we love that. You know, when we were dating, we went through the book of Proverbs together. Um, for those of you who do not know what me and Sadie were dating, we did a Proverbs a day for 31 days. But no, I, I love this verse because it really speaks to me of, uh, you know, a lot of times I do think that I um, can lean on my understanding because I do think that I know what I'm doing a lot of times, which I need to have humility and say that I don't because honestly, I really don't think I do, but I like <laughs> to think that I do. Um and just for me to fully trust in the Lord and lean not on my understanding, but lean on His. Yeah. Um, I think it's something one thing that really helps me in, in my walk. What I liked about her advice is that it was just scripture, you know? And I think yeah. so many times when we think about, people always say, when I say, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It's like, whoa, that's a big question. Like, it's very intimidating. Even if you go back and watch so many of the podcasts and you watch it on YouTube, you'll see even people's face sometimes when they didn't prepare for it, they weren't ready for it. They're like, oh, like, that's a tough question. And I think, you know, so often we think we have to say the, the best thing that we've ever heard in our life. We have to think about um, the most eloquent thing that we could think to say, the most impactful thing, um, the most powerful quote we've ever read or whatever. But there's something just so powerful about saying, you know, the best piece of advice I've ever been given was straight from the Bible. And mm -hmm. I think if we were really all honest with ourselves and really thought about it, the best piece of advice is from the Bible. So That's many true. of the pieces of advice that I practically use in my life on a daily basis are things that I learned from scripture. And so I love that she pulled that from scripture itself. And I'm like, yes, that is a great piece of advice, but we don't always look at scripture as like, advice that we're receiving which i think we should so mm -hmm. i like the way that she said that yeah. yeah i love that that's so good all right the next one is from emmanuel acho and he says uh, this is his best piece of advice get to know jesus he is worth getting to know and you are worth getting to know be you because everybody else is taken <laughs> that's just really good why? Why are you laughing at me? Because I know when you don't know what to say. No, well, because well, the way that this was quoted, I didn't know those were two separate things. So I was thinking, <laughs> I like, think they are two separate. So I was trying to think, and that was two separate pieces of advice. <laughs> I think they are. But what I what I liked, and I thought you were going to talk about, is get to know Jesus. He's worth getting to know because you are so good at that. Yes, he is worth getting to know. Just the idea of like, you know, we can go our whole life and you still learn something new every day. As we just talked about in Proverbs 3, you know, 5 through 6, there's so, so much scripture, there's so much um, just wisdom in the Bible that you're always learning, you're always growing. You're never going to, um, you know, fully, I don't think you'll ever fully understand yeah. everything and really just the the love of Jesus, the depth of Jesus. I think it's something beautiful that you can mm -hmm. always, um, you know, learn something new about him every day and you really can get to know him yeah. whether it's through praying it's or worshiping or reading uh and just studying uh he is worth getting to know because he uh came on a mission as tim tebow likes to say uh to save <laughs> you guys us say it like tim tebow he came, he on, came on a, a mission, mission to, to save, save us <laughs> <laughs> i love it so much that's good um you know what was the thing about oh i was gonna say you know for some of you that might be a hard concept to think you know 
you can never know all there is to know about God because he's infinite. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and how could we ever know? And sometimes that is hard for me because I'm the type of person, I don't think I've ever read the same book twice. I've never watched a TV series, no matter how much I love it twice. I don't like to watch, you know, movies unless they're Christmas movies. Again, if I've already seen it. Um, as to a Christian, you know, we'll watch the same movie over and over and over, over and again over and never get tired of it. And my the mom same will movie read the same book. Plane. So many of my friends have watched, you know, Gilmore Girls six times through, or The Office. You watch The Office four times. Like, I just don't do that. If I if I read it, I read it. If I if I watched it, I watched it. And that's actually not a good quality of me because I think that what it what what happens, and this is true of me, is I don't know how to quote so many of the shows that I've watched that so many other people can quote because I could not remember to quote it because I've only seen it one time. Or, you know, they'll be like, oh, remember this scene from this? And I've seen it, but only once, so I can't really remember it. It's been so long. Or I'll be telling you about a book, and I'm like, oh, this book is the best book ever. Like, what was it about? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to explain it, but I'm not doing a good job at it because I've only read it one time. I'm terrible at stuff And like that. I think that you you can quote The Office like, no, I'm saying a book. If I read a whole book and you say, tell me about it. I'm okay, like, well, that is hard. I'm like, uh. That is hard. It's somewhere in my That is my hard. Body. And there are certain things that I can, if something sticks with me, I can tell you the entire chapter of the book. I could, like, truly, you've seen me. If I, if a movie moment sticks with me, and many of you have heard me preach movie moments, I mean, that thing is stuck in my brain if it impacts me. So I am, um, something sticks with me if it impacts me, that is true. But I say it to say, there is something, too, that the more you watch something, the more you read something, the more, the more you know something. And I think sometimes with the Bible, I can struggle because I'm like, well, I just read the Gospels last year. But it's like, no, you should read them again, you know? And I'm like, but I know them. But then I'm like, every time I reread them, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Even though, yes, I'd read that, but it didn't stick out to me the last time. Or, whoa, like, that's crazy. That's the character of Jesus. Like, I never noticed that. And um, the more I read it, the more I know it, the more I read it, the more I quote it, the more I read it, the more I become it. And so I think that if you're like me and you don't really like that repetition of like, well, I've already done it, like, do I need to do it again? I mean, the Bible's different, you know, because the more you study, the more you learn, the more you read, even if it's the same thing over and over again, and I'm preaching to myself, the more mm -hmm. you become what the scripture is, the more you learn about the heart of Jesus and you always see a new side of it. And it's just incredible. So I'm, I'm preaching that to me if I'm preaching yeah, to I, anyone. I do have a checkmate for you. Because you say you don't like watching things over and over again. It's, can you recall something that you've seen over and over again? Christmas with the Crakes. Oh, Wonder Woman. Okay, I have watched Wonder yes, Woman over and over I know. again. Well, I'm saying but, for people listening who have probably heard you preach about Wonder Woman, they're like, but, yeah, there's no way she's only watched but, it one time. That's actually, yes, I have seen it, but I, I don't watch the whole movie. I watch clips on YouTube. Like, I'll go back. Baloney. That is true. Baloney. I'll go back and watch the clip. Yeah, you do that too. You see Wonder Woman at least 10 times. No, sir. I don't think I have. 100%. I think I've seen the clips. No. A ton of no, times. No, definitely. No. No. You've know. seen it so many times. Maybe I'm busted. Maybe I'm not. We don't. It was just know. the one movie. I was just just. That's just true. Recalling. I thought you were talking about Christmas with the Cranks because we just watched it, and I thought it was so funny. And you were like, "No, we just saw it last year," and I was like, "Yeah, but it's Christmas. It's the time to watch it again." And then who laughed the hardest? You. Me. You. It okay. is hilarious. 
Okay, anyways, back to the important things we're talking about. I love this. Aiden King was on the podcast, and his piece of advice was so good. I was good. on it with I was on you. You were also you. on with this, Thank yes, you. because we had to get those people watching from other yep. countries. Mm -hmm. and, to get you and on territories. It. Yeah, and territories. We had to make sure you were on it. Big territory, guys. So we had a great piece of advice from Aiden King from Hillsong, and he said, don't worry about the things that haven't happened yet, which is so helpful mm -hmm. in saying present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard not to worry about what's you know going to happen later in the future i think most of us if we were gonna you know write down everything we're worried about it would be things that haven't happened yet but that's even biblical what does it say in the word um don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow has enough worries of its own mm -hmm. i think jesus said that you know so um as literally advice from jesus mm -hmm. himself and such good advice because if we start worrying about tomorrow we got lots to be worried about but my mom always says like take one day at a time and mm -hmm. sometimes i take that so literal that i literally will not mm -hmm. know what tomorrow holds and then i look at my calendar and i'm like oh shoot like i should have been preparing for that mm -hmm. but um i do think taking one day at a time is so important like for instance when i take one day at a time i really am pretty stress-free but um we started planning my year for next year because i'm having a baby so i'm going to take maternity leave which requires <laughs> a lot of planning involved with just the capacity at what lo is doing right now and so I was like literally planned my entire year till December. Like it is like all planned. And I was getting so much anxiety. I was wanting to cancel things. I was wanting to back out of things. I was like, I can't do this. And my teammate was like, Sadie, like don't think about it. Cause when you get there, you're gonna be having so much fun. You're gonna love it. But like having to plan that far in advance will naturally cause anxiety and worry because like you don't know what that holds yet and my whole thing is like, i'm gonna have two kids i don't know what that looks like and fear is so much the unknown mm -hmm. right and so you really do just have to take one day at a time and that's even like for us with COVID. remember yeah like we had the busiest summer ever we we're gonna be in london and we were gearing up for this crazy busy uh spring and summer and then COVID hit and None of it ever happened. Yep. And we were psyching ourselves out about it for so long. Um, but I could be botching this. I, I'm pretty sure his dad gave him that advice. I think I think it was his dad. I think it was. Um, um, but just with everything he was doing with, with music and just, yeah, like you said, the, the stress and the anxiety of the future for that, I'm pretty sure it was his dad that was like, you know, don't worry about the things that haven't happened yet. Which, yeah. is, which is really cool because, you know, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So and, true. And, uh, you know, the idea of... Lord willing, we're going to get the chance to go do this. So, um, yeah, just try not to stress it up. I know. I try not. Yet. I love this advice from Alexa Pinavega, and it kind of reminds me of what I just said about Louis Giglio, about just not being afraid to slow down. But she said, don't be afraid to slow down. The miracles of Jesus seem to happen when he was interrupted. And so um, love that advice because so many times, like I said, one thing will happen and we think it messed up everything. And Gosh, it's just so important that we welcome those interruptions in life because life is full of interruptions. Um, Jesus certainly welcomed them and embraced them. I think Jesus welcomed them because he knew he was capable of it. You know, I think so many times we think one interruption is just going to throw us all out. But believe in yourself enough, believe in the God in you enough to know, you know, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Nothing would have happened that wasn't supposed mm -hmm. to happen. And if it happened, you know, um, I'm capable of living it. Jesus says says in the word, like you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. You know, you're you're gonna go through hard stuff, but it's not gonna be something that you can't endure. You know, and so just knowing that this might be an interruption, but I'm capable of stepping into it. Um, okay, next one, Lisa Bevere. This one made me cry. This was this your was, favorite episode. This was my favorite episode because it was the first time on the podcast besides when we talked about our birth story. Um, which was so raw, but it was the first time I think, and I might be wrong, but I think this is true that 
someone's ever made me cry because of it hitting me in a personal way. Uh, I probably cried hearing people's stories and stuff, but like it made me cry because it was like exactly what I needed to hear. And I think, you know, I hear these statistics and like, oh, like these stats, like, wow, 16 million people listen to this podcast is crazy. Like all these people listen to this podcast and, and I hear these people's um, stories, all of you guys, whenever I meet you on the airport, like, wow, this podcast changed my life. This podcast led me to Jesus. This podcast helped me get from here to there. And it means so much to me. But this was one of those moments where I was like, I need this podcast. Like I need to be sitting here listening to this in this moment. Like that is exactly what I need to hear. And it made me cry. And uh, man, it was so pivotal for me. We were just starting to talk about maybe trying for another baby and all these fears started coming up of um, just my labor with honey and being a mom and working and all this stuff and mom guilt and all, all the things. And Lisa Bevere said, relax, your baby has no idea. You don't know what you're doing. And it was just like, it wasn't even just that. It was everything she was saying. It was her telling her story about motherhood, her telling her story about having a second and um, everything about it was just like for me. So I was like, I don't know if this podcast is for anybody else. This is for me. And I was super thankful for that. And it was just a cool thing to experience on this podcast. Not that I haven't been impacted by everyone on the podcast, but that one was like so like personalized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's whenever this podcast means so much to people is when they're like, that was for me. And uh, it was cool to have that moment for myself. Yeah. yeah. I've made you cry laughing before, though. Of course, of course. Never, like, actually tears crying, but I've made you cry from laughing on the podcast. Um, yeah, this next one's from Ann Wilson, and uh, her advice was, keep Jesus first, front and center, everything else will fall into place. I can't, you're, you're, you're moving it. that's an accident. Um, that's okay. I forgive you. Um, but no, I just love this advice because it's it's so, and I, I think, she's not married. At least I don't think she is, is she? Mm-mm. I don't know. I, think, I don't think she's married. Uh, but even just you know, being single and that advice plays out so much even in marriage or in relationships or whatever. Um, Because for us, you know, with our marriage, it's like we've heard it said, if if you view it like a triangle, you know, we're the bottom corners of the triangle and Jesus is at the top. um, And, you know, we're constantly looking at him and that's going to help us love each other more. And it's the more that we get, you know, I don't want to say consumed with one another, but if we focus more on each other than our individual love for him, then we you know, become less patient or become less for- forgiving or graceful yeah. or whatever. Um, but if we're constantly f- focused on him and, um, you know, we're satisfied in, in his love and, and just content in that, then we're going to be better spouses to one another, better yep. parents, better friends. Um, That's good. And just better people. That's good. Um, I love this advice from Annie Downs, and we'll have to skip a couple as we go just because we're running low on time. But Annie said, know what your lane is and don't compare it to anyone else's lane. And I, I was thinking about this conversation we had the other day that I thought was so good. I don't know that Christian and I have ever, like, compared each other's lanes. Like, you haven't looked at my lane and compared. I haven't looked at your lane and compared to 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 some extent. I think well, more so because uh, you're, you're. Well, I think I'm way behind. You're you're like speeding. I'm like I'm. I think I'm going the speed limit here. No, you're running just as fast no, as me, just I in am. a different way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like you don't really compare yourself to me. But what has been hard is that other people have compared our lanes to each other, which has been hard. Yeah. Because I just don't listen. Yeah, but it's been hard. But we had this epiphany the other day that I was like, because you know people will be like oh, was it weird because Sadie's doing so much and she's the the wife or whatever. But I'm like, no, you don't understand how much Christian is doing as the husband of our family. And like, we operate so well together. And then we were like, you know what? Like, isn't it awesome 
that God chose Mary to carry Jesus into the world. And like what a like role Mary had. That's a huge role. That's a huge responsibility. She was carrying the Messiah into the world. And Mary is like very well known for that, very well praised for that. Some people worship Mary because of that, you know? I mean, Mary was a big deal. But what is so awesome though, is that God also in the exact same um way, I guess the same capacity that he chose Mary, he chose Joseph, you know, and the same way he trusted Mary, he trusted Joseph. And he knew that like Mary needed a Joseph and for Joseph to take on that same level of responsibility and say, I'm going to, you know, one stand with this woman, get married to this woman as my wife, even though this is such a crazy story. And then I'm going to be the father of the Messiah. That is a huge role. And mm -hmm. so although Mary's role was a little bit more public, Joseph's role was just as crucial. And so I think that's why it's so important. You can't compare lanes, you know? It's like, well, Joseph couldn't carry the Messiah because Joseph was a man. It had to be Mary, right? Um, and, and in some cases, you know, for whatever reason, it was supposed to be you because God chose you because God created you to be able to do that. But just because your partners might look different or your best friends might look different or your cousins might look different doesn't mean that it's less than because God in the same way chose you to do the things that he called you to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's so important you don't compare because who's to say the mother or the father is better? The mother and the father are important. You know, you need the mother and the father. And um, I'm just, I, when I was reading that, I was like, this is so good. And I think it was mm -hmm. so good for us because yeah. not that not that we needed that for um, ourself as much, but we need that for when other people say things like that. It's mm -hmm. like, no, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so true in marriage and it's so true in relationships, friendships, cousin, family, all the things. It's like, you can get so jealous of what other people have. It's like, hey, just trust that God chose them for a reason. God chose you for the reason that he has you in. Yeah, well, it's even like, you know, if you look at the movie Cars, right? You have Lightning McQueen, you have Tomator, right? Come on, baby. Right? There are two stars in the movie but Lightning McQueen's the one that gets all the action and all the attention. But who is his rock? Who is who is the one that tows him out of the cactuses? Who's the one that, you know, is is there for him in the moral support? It's it's Tomator. It's Tomator. Let's go. I'm I'm your Tomator. You're my Tomator. But you're a lot cuter. Yeah. Thanks. You're a lot you you're a clean Tomator, my baby. Oh my gosh. That was funny. Look at you pulling out a movie analogy out of nowhere. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. All right, you want to hit the next one? Yes, the top one. Either one. All right, which oh, this one's about cars. Um, okay, this one's from Chad Beach. Uh, since we were just we're talking about cars, um, his best piece of advice was: you're going to sell something. You're either going to sell cars or you're going to sell Jesus. So I wish I'd promote not your thing but his thing. Live for Jesus. Um, that's good. Yeah, I mean that's so good. I think we're all. You know, even with social media, you know, we all have our thing that we are trying to influence people with and we are trying to, you know, to sell ultimately. But more than that, we're trying to give people the gospel. That's we're good. trying to, uh, you know, convert people. We're trying to be disciples to people. We're trying to make disciples um, and just living a life where, you know, it's not it's it, it looks less like you're selling them and it's more just they're attracted to the way that you're living. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, focusing more on selling Jesus than trying to sell uh, a brand or trying to sell uh, yourself. That was great. Um, next one's from Cody Carnes. I love this so much. He said, you don't have to sacrifice your family for ministry. I'm not asking you to do that. And that's what he felt the Holy Spirit say to him. 
And that is so true, man. God, God's never gonna call you to something that means you have to sacrifice, you know, a, a covenant relationship like your marriage or your family, your kids, you know. I think that's what I always tell my friends who struggle with mom guilt um, for working. I say, you know, God God has called you to do this. And it might look like ministry, it might look work, whatever work that looks like. But at the same time, if you have a family, if you're married and you have kids, then he is not going to call you to something that's going to contradict your other calling to be the mom that you are and the wife that you are. I think it goes together. And I always think, you know, when I'm here, when I'm working, doing everything I'm doing for LO, doing podcasts, doing books, doing speaking, whatever it is, I'm like, you know what? This call is actually, you know, it's helping my family. It's I'm believing that what I'm doing is making a better place for my my kids to live in. You know, I'm believing what I'm doing is providing for my family. What I'm doing is loving them well. And in the same way with things that Christian does, you know, when he even when he goes to the gym, which yes, is a part of his four eight ministry, like all of the people that he has impacted up there at the gym, I'm like, yes, he's away from us right now. But when he comes back and he's filled and he's had this time with the Lord and he has these revelations and he went to lunch with so-and-so because they met at the gym and he ministered to them or he gave a kid new shoes at the gym because they they needed them. I'm like, that is benefited our family, you know? And so I don't think that the two calls God puts in your life will contradict each other. I think they will complement each other quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, the last piece of advice that I want to talk about was from Heather Thompson Day, which, which is recently on the it podcast. Was, it was so, it was unique so and cool. good. And we had so many of you guys post that it was your favorite episode yet, um, which I, I agree in, in so many senses. It was so good and so much good advice. Heather Thompson Day, read the advice, babe. It says, when it comes to marriage, if you get that one aspect of your life right, everything else can go wrong. And none of it will matter. But if you get that one aspect wrong, everything else could go right, and none of it will matter. Which is so. Which is a firebomb. At the end of the day, like you know, even when we talk about family and ministry and work ministry, it's like your family is your number one ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're failing in that, you're gonna feel like you're failing in everything, even if you're succeeding in everything. Not none of this would mean. Um, a whole lot, you know, if if at home my family wasn't thriving and feeling loved by me and that I was loving them and serving them in the way that, you know, God's created me to. Um, and in the same way, um, our family can be like so good and so right and everything's working great. And other things in work aren't going good or other things in the outside aren't going good, but, but it feels at peace because mm-hmm. our home's at peace. If your home is shaken, everything's shaken. If your home's at peace, everything's at peace. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, the advice to that is pour into your home, you know, pour into your family. Uh, don't let your family and your people that mean the most to you get the last bit of energy that you have, get the scraps of your day, you know, but try to give them your first, give mm-hmm. them your best yeah. train. That's so good. Well, while the train's going, uh, I, I, I want to circle back for a quick second on the stay in your lane. You heard me reference the cars, and I had another thought about cars. So if you think about it, Lightning McQueen won the Pissing Cups, right? He was, he was very talented, very gifted, very fast, but that was his lane, right? And if you also recall, Tomater, remember how fast he could go in reverse? That's true. No one else could go as fast as he could in reverse. See, so Lightning McQueen's lane was winning the Pissing Cups. Tomater's lane was being the fastest in reverse, and everyone else was astounded. Uh, but yeah, stay in your lane. Everybody has their gifting. Everyone, everyone has, has their, their gifting. Some some are as flashy as others. Ka-chow. Ka-chow.
some are you know a little bit different but but they all matter at the same level of importance to god and god has given you what he's given you not what he gave someone else and so you're responsible for that you're to be trusted with that you're to steward that well and so man there's so much good advice this year i've personally learned so much this year grown so much this year i think we could say we grew 50 percent in numbers this year as far as people listening but no i grew 50 percent into a better person this year because of the advice that we've been given and i hope you feel the same way and i, I pray this podcast continues to grow in 2023 um not just in you know so next year we can say listen to the number but so we listen to the people that mm-hmm. are impacted listen to the the people that are impacted by words like this that are rooted in scripture that are to better your life that are to make you the best version of yourself and that's what live original is all about it's encouraging people to live original to be confident in who they're created to be to be the best original person that they're created to be and i think this podcast is helping do that it's certainly helping me do that i hope it's helping you do that so if you love this podcast send it to a friend get people involved with the world that's good podcast for next year we have so many great guests already lined up we actually have a ton of episodes already filmed for next year that you guys are going to absolutely love that i have been impacted by so deeply already and so next year is looking super bright in the podcast world with all the conversations that we're going to have but y'all we love y'all we're thankful for y'all thank you for listening thank you for supporting this podcast thank you for all the ways that you've encouraged us along the way we hope that we encourage you as well and we love you guys So thank you so much. And I hope you have a great end to this awesome year and a great start to the next. Good job. Good job.